0: This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 368. Tamalinda Lux on Freedom with Language. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. It's kind of amazing how so often just a singular moment. ...can become that spark of an experience that suddenly everything changes. And that is a big theme of this week's episode with Tamalind Deluxe... ...who does split her time in a variety of rather unique ways. In one part as a hypnotist, and one part as a coach... ...and in one part that of someone who works as an editor... ...in terms of helping people with their books... ...or even the rather interesting project of that of multi-author books... And this conversation absolutely delivers in terms of a unique perspective of a moment in life where suddenly a lot of things rapidly began to change and how, of all things, it was hypnosis that really became a major pathway out of it. And I thank her generously for sharing the story here on this program uh, because I know it's going to be an inspiration to many of you out there. There is a slightly questionable moment, though, in this episode— Which I'll do my best to keep it cryptic for here because you'll know it when we get there, uh, which is kind of this side dialogue where oftentimes the practitioner of hypnosis, maybe, let's say, maybe inappropriately is injecting their own belief systems inside of the process. That being said, even as you listen to this conversation, there's a my favorite point of this moment here (laughs) is when even Tamalinda says, well, maybe he was actually doing something intentionally because either way, And you'll hear her story of the incredible success that she had. So one part hypnotist, one part coach, one part author. There's a lot of takeaways inside of this session in terms of exactly what it takes to bring in your ideal clients and really begin to serve them on this incredible journey of personal change. This is episode number 368, and there's a number of incredible resources that we mention throughout this conversation. So as always, we make it easy for you. Head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 368. That'll bring you directly over to the show notes of this episode. And as we spend a bit of time talking about the business of attracting clients, I'd encourage you head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. When it comes to bringing in the right clients, when it comes into building the systems that you can really begin to set and forget and let run on their own, that's exactly what I share with you inside of the program and community, Hypnotic Business Systems. So do you want to simplify the journey of your clients reaching out to you so that it's not a game of phone tag and they don't get frustrated and then end up booking with someone else? We got you covered for that. Do you want to completely eradicate the issue of no-shows and non-compliant clients? We got a system for that. Or what about actually flipping the model of your business so you're only ever selling to an audience of people who have already paid for your services and seen an outcome? Well, I believe as of right now, we actually have four different systems for that. So it's more than 200 hours of content and an on-demand, choose-your-own-adventure library. If you're brand new, go through it in order. If you're already out there and established and are ready to now really begin to scale things up, bounce around in the appropriate uh, way that you see fit, this is where every module stands on its own. And on top of that, this is a place to get your questions answered. We have a thriving online community of people ready to support you all around the world. Do not play the game of That Won't Work Where I Live. We've got members all over the planet, and yes, the galaxy. We're about to buy WorkSmartHypnosis.Mars. Don't load that. It doesn't exist, at least not yet. Check out the details of that program over at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's dive directly into this week's episode, session number 368 Tamalinda Lux on freedom with language.
1: That first introduction to hypnosis for me was the day I was in my osteopath's office because I had taken a fall about six months earlier. And I did some damage, was in physio for six months and nothing was really helping. And I was in my osteopath's office and he says, you know, you've been here for three months, I mean, for three sessions, and you're not healing as quickly as I'd hoped. And he looked at me and I trust this man. And he said, so I want to know how much alcohol you drink. And I just looked at him and I thought, oh my God, there's a label on my forehead. And I thought, you know, I'm not getting better. And and with the medication I'm on, I can't do the work I'm doing. I'm self-employed. I love what I do. I wanna keep doing what I do. And I'm in agony and pain. I'm I'm gonna own this. And I told him, and he said, you've gotta kick the alcohol out of your life. He says, because this is what it's doing to your body. And I left his office and I sat in my car And I thought, I've been to alcohol treatment for 20 plus, 25 years, maybe done everything under the sun. I was a high functioning alcoholic, running a business, running an Airbnb, running a nonprofit chapter of a national nonprofit. And I thought, what else haven't I done? And it popped in my head hypnosis. Now, I only knew hypnosis from movies, and I come from a Christian background. And I thought, I don't know about this hypnosis thing. and I looked, and I googled and I made a phone call and the first available appointment for hypnosis for alcohol recovery um, and cessation and all that stuff was on my deceased grandmother's birthday. and I took that as a sign. I went in and expecting that you know we could cut back the drinking um, and it was just white wine, but still, it was impacting my life and it was definitely impacting. The healing that I needed. Um, I now have a permanent disability from that fall, but I said I I can't go to zero. Just get me down to like a level of of alcohol consumption that is 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 acceptable in health standards and won't impact my life. And we did that in one session. We supported that in a second session. And I thought, you know what? This shit works. This shit works. <laughs> and I'm like. I can't believe this. And so I signed up for hypnosis right away. Yeah. And um it was his supervisor mentor he was still interning with with this fella and I took the in person hypnosis training and the, the the fella who was training was actually really pissed off with his um with this with his uh mentee because he didn't take me to zero alcohol. He only did what I asked which was reduce the alcohol consumption and I was really embarrassed like I felt shame and it was only a group of five of us in this in this session and um and I really felt shame and I had to really consider am I going back for class number two right mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> am I going back because because it, I, I was just full of shame and embarrassment but he did what I asked right
0: right yeah yeah how dare he help you with the thing you asked for the nerve. But see,
1: I, I I never thought I could I could go to zero because I'd been in all kinds of treatment for 25 years. The only things I didn't do was residential rehab and mm-hmm. I didn't do Alcoholics Anonymous in person, but I did it online. I had even detoxed at home with the support of my family physician five times. So I know how to do the detox as long as I had the, the medication. So anyways, I I went back the next day and that was a, so the first day was a Friday. It was over Easter weekend. First day was a Friday. Second day was a Saturday. By Sunday, midway through class, I'm going, you know what? I I can go to zero alcohol, like forever. So I talked to the instructor and I said, okay, but I want you to do the hypnosis session. He says, I'm not going to do it. He says, not until the course is done. And I really respected him because there was no conflict of interest then yeah. between a student and a client. So class was finished and three days later, May 3rd, one session, alcohol gone, kicked out of my life, kicked out of my life, no triggers, no replacement addiction. There's a third one to that, but funny enough why I can't remember it today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what got me into hypnosis was my own desperate, desperate life situation And that's what got me there. And I wanted to share that with as many people as I could, whether not that I was going into alcohol recovery support at that point, I didn't feel qualified to do that. But I knew that there were other things I could help people with. So I wanted to spread the healing. One mind at a time is what I said at the time, one mind at a time. I mean, I've since learned you can do it in group too, but (laughs) yeah.
0: I, I love that story, and I, I, I sincerely thank you. Thank you for sharing something that that personal here in the first opening couple of minutes here, and and it's where as we have these stories ourselves, you know, I'm sure we're going to bounce around in this conversation. Is that a story that you bring into the conversation? Let's say when talking to a client who's considering using this, or what what levels does that come in?
1: Whether or not I share my personal story. Yeah. Oh, I do. Good. Yeah, and I have been, we have something here in Ontario, Canada called Mo Mondays. It stands for Motivational Monday. Yeah. And I I was one of the guest presenters at the two-year mark of, uh, and I don't say I'm in recovery. I say I'm living an alcohol-free life. And nice. I did a presentation publicly and it was video recorded. So I, I don't have any problem sharing my story when it's appropriate. Um when a client calls in or if I'm speaking to a group of people, it you have to read the read the room or read the client and know whether or not it is 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 appropriate and beneficial to them right
0: right well, I think it's one of those biggest things that and unfortunately, one element of that story is one that I've heard way too many times over the years as to here's a client that I worked with. And it's not to put down any organization. It's to put down the one person who cast a judgment on an organization where even this client was seeing me for a public speaking issue. And he goes, yeah, I did hypnosis before it worked really well. It just kind of ended awkwardly. Like, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you know, I kind of in conversation talked about the other issues the other hypnotist would work on. And I mentioned that, oh yeah, I quit drinking with AA. And then this other person went off and how horrible of a model that is. And he goes and i'm standing there 12 years sober clearly a success out of the story and what benefit would it be to put it down to me i i go back to a moment where i get a phone call from a psychiatrist so counselor who also gives medication and he begins the conversation with i've got someone who smokes three packs of cigarettes a day and like it is the Ultimate case of obsessive compulsive disorder. This man is why he's seeing me. And he does want to change the behavior. He doesn't want to quit smoking, but he definitely wants to cut back. Can you help with that? I'm like, well, I help to amplify what people want. So have him call me. And I I am ashamed of this story that the number of people he had called who told him, no, 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 you're either quitting or you're not going to be successful. To which he said, even I can acknowledge that three packs of cigarettes a day is excessive. I think I'd be happy with just three, you know, one after lunch, one before dinner and one after, which um, is that the healthiest thing he could do? No, of course not. Is it definitely better than all 60? Yes. (laughs) Did I? play with him? Of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Robert, I don't know when you're just going to get bored with those three cigarettes and stop on your own. But that's entirely your decision. I'm not here to tell you what to do. And like three months go by, he calls up, you know what, Jason, I kind of just got bored with it and decided to use the exact phrasing. (laughs) I love that. That's some seeds, But yeah, help people get what they want. What would you say was that turning point for you in, in that journey as to you know what, if I can do step one, might as well knock the whole thing out. Like what what do you feel was behind that from your perspective?
1: I bet you he was hypnotizing us in class. I swear to you. <laughs> <laughs> I open hypnosis. I have gone back to that that day when I made that decision and I I on I I can't tell you what it was. Mm-hmm. Um to go to zero, it was just a knowing. It was just right. a knowing. What you said is important to me about, you know, other treatments, like, and putting down other treatments. Somebody said to me at at the one year anniversary of living an alcohol-free life, and they said, well, you know, just imagine if you had done this 20 years ago, you wouldn't have wasted 20 years of your life. And I thought, what a put down, wow. Um, My response was, but maybe I needed the 20 years of therapy and counseling and grief, grief work and group work and self-help reading, maybe I needed those 20 years to get to where I was in order to be receptive for hypnosis. And I find the same thing with, with people that come to me and they say, you know, I've tried everything. I've done this. I've done that. And then they'll say after three or four sessions, they'll say, gosh, I wish I'd done that before. And I say, yeah, but all of that contributes to who you are, well, who you were when you came for hypnosis and who you are. So let's just stick with where you are today and embrace and celebrate the achievement that you have.
0: It's that nuance that it's been giving you something. Yeah. And let's find a better way to satisfy it. I'm flashing back to even before I formally got into hypnosis, there were a few rapid change uh, phenomenon moments that I had working in professional theater where I uh, let the actress, could have been an actor, but in the story, it was an actress. I let her just yell at me for five minutes about how dusty the backstage area was. And that's why I'm sick all the time. That's why I'm sick. It's only when I come here, I get sick. And I'm just waiting for the window to swoop in and go, you spoke two packs a day, right? <laughs> oh <no. laughs> uh, w- w- What about sawdust? And like years later, she sees something of mine, a- an ad pop up and she's like, that makes sense you got into hypnosis <laughs> it's like why she goes, i quit the next morning You're like whoa sweet cool <laughs> which you know I, I invited you on because you you kind of dance between two worlds that one world is that of the hypnosis why well, i know you also do coaching let's stay on this for a moment at what point did the coaching kind of show up inside of this
1: okay so i have been self-employed since 1988 yeah, I was 21 years old. I had, I had, um, or 23. Um, I think yeah, I was 23. I've been on my own since 17. I moved out from the nuclear family at 17, been on my own working. I married at 20, went to Toronto, Ontario, did the corporate stuff, legal secretary, medical secretary, accounting, executive support person. Like I did the corporate. We wanted to buy a house. We came back to London, Ontario, where houses were affordable. And I started a full-time business, which was a word processing center near the university. I had four typists. Um, This was before computers and laptops were common at home. And we just typed essays. And the faster we could type, the more money we made. And we were doing six figures in one year. I had paid off a student loan that was supported by the government. Blah, 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 blah. But I got bored of typing and I got into life coaching for job search because what happened was there was um, some some economic hard times at that point. Students, it was really interesting. Students were spending the money having their essays typed within 12 hours of having to hand it in and they'd rather go out drinking and partying and their parents were funding this. Then all of a sudden the parents weren't funding it and saying, you got to go out and get a job. So that's where I got into life coaching, and it was more for a career, so so get a job. And so I've been doing that for a long time, and then I don't even know when now, 20 years ago, I found out about a coaching program, and it was b- being delivered in person in Toronto, Ontario. And I thought, well, that, that looks interesting, I want to take that. I took it, and I found, oh my goodness, I've been doing this already for so many years but now I have a framework now I have processes now I have better language and so I've been career coaching like you know since I guess 1989 1990 and then it was 2017 that I got into hypnosis and it was really the blend it, it really is the blend of the two that that works for me the pre-talk right the pre-talk in a hypnosis session. A lot of that is coaching language. Um, And the post discussion after the hypnosis component, a lot of that is coaching. The follow-up, a lot of that is coaching.
0: Well, it's that, you know, the parts of it that, you know, sometimes people would get into a dialogue of, okay, now the eyes are closed. Now the hypnosis begins. And no, the intake is not the long chat you have to further convince each other how impossible this thing is going to be. Oh dear that sounds rough close your eyes let's see if we can sort it out it's instead by bringing in whether it's coaching whether it's another modality whether it's um i everything is hypnosis and nlp at the same time there doesn't need to be much of a delineation of the two it's where we're always working towards the intention of the goal so like how do you how do you make that decision as to let's say let's go with the formality of hypnosis how do you make that decision in terms of what gets addressed? prior to the formal process of hypnosis versus what do you then reserve for the actual session part
1: the client the client comes to me and tells me what they want to work on yeah it, i don't actively promote coaching i mm-hmm. i actively promote hypnosis yeah so i just i just fill it in with the coaching that's where i've gone the the hypnosis is so I want to say instant and only hypnotists will really understand <laughs> me in, in that It's it's so much more instant and mm-hmm. and the coaching supports it so I I'm doing more hypnosis than I'm doing coaching. Yeah. And the and the pre-talk and the the intake and the pre-talk it's hypnosis its hypnotic language but there's coaching blended in for me anyways.
0: Yeah, or you've been around me enough the the joy of using the frame of hey before we get started Meanwhile, we're already doing everything.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> and I love your phrase. And would doing this help you with that? I've I've so incorporated it and they get the yes. I get the yes and we go, okay, let's go into hypnosis now.
0: Well, I don't think <laughs> I've, I, let's teach for two minutes here. Uh, and, and this is something that actually I learned from the late, great Michael Elner, who, as he put it, give the clients a menu if you get confused. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the session today, we can do this or we can do that you know what you're going through better than i do which one do you think would be better for you and i believe he actually said he ended up doing both because why not Uh, yeah
1: Yeah, but the client was in control at that point
0: yeah you you mentioned pre-talk i'm a firm believer that you can do a pre-talk for every single session and it's not that you're going to then do the standard this is not what's going to happen that's not what's going to happen it's instead hey based on what you talked to me about we're going to do x we're going to do y so that you can see makes sense And we're selling it to the conscious mind first. And as soon as I'm getting that ratification, I get to go into the session with someone who's already been sold on the concept. This is going to help them. And it kind of ignites that imagination was like, Oh, this is the party talked about, you know, and there's variations of this for every technique. You ever get that feeling where like part of you wants this and part of you wants that. Yeah. Well, we're going to do something today so that rather than these two opposing forces, we can join these two parts together as one that are working towards your common goal. Makes sense. Oh yeah. It's like, good. We're doing
1: parts.
0: (laughs) You ever find yourself in that, if I knew then what I know now pattern. Yeah. Well today, while we can't achieve time travel, we're going to do something that it's as if we can take your knowledge as you have it today back to yourself before you learn that fear. Makes sense. And they're smiling and nodding as you are right now. And I've just now sold regression to that person. (laughs) And again, I'm going into the session with a person already certain that's going to help them because they've already agreed to it. Hey, let's make that whole episode. Give the
1: client what they want, right?
0: When all else fails, ask.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So from the career though of the the word processing, I I have to imagine that. And correct me on this if that just turned out to be more of a technical type thing at the the, uh, span of that did that kind of bring to mind maybe a greater specificity of language a greater intention of communication i know we'll come around to the fact that you also do editing for people's books and yeah, i'm curious to hear how this maybe has impacted the hypnosis and the coaching
1: okay so yeah the word processing was just technical you've got to imagine it's, it's student essays i mean what what are you going to learn from a student essay and you're <laughs> you're you're typing the same essay over and over and over again, because it's all the same students taking all the same courses. Where I learned language.
0: Was ever the moment of typing one out and going, oh, they're not going to get a grade on this? Yeah, yeah.
1: We, oh, we knew who was going to get a good grade and who was plagiarizing as well oh, and, wow. who had, and who had bought an essay, right? Where I first learned language was when I was a legal secretary and mm-hmm. I was one of two legal secretaries for a senior partner at a very major law firm that actually still exists. And um, I learned a lot of language there in the documents that, that I had to prepare. And in those days, the lawyers would dictate into a machine and we would put on headphones and we, it was called dictatyping. And we would listen to them and we would type it. And um, so I think that was really my introduction from a business perspective on language. So the word processing was really just more technical. And then the language evolved in terms of, how do I, when I was doing the career coaching and, and I was writing the resumes based on a one hour interview with someone. So tell me oh, about no. your life. Tell me about where your achievements and skills are. And then I would write the darn thing. And so I had to learn language and that was my introduction to copywriting. Mm-hmm. And the editing piece was we always had a step where one of the other gals in the group, and sometimes it was me, had to proofread somebody's typed up project for a client. So that's probably where some of the editing came in. So I have been editing, I think the very first book that I edited was back in 1991. And then that author asked me to help get him on the New York Times bestseller list. So then I was involved in the phone calling and the emails and stuff, and promoting it the PR side. And and he got on a, a bestsellers list. I don't remember if it was New York Times, but he did get on a bestsellers list. So that's where the, le- the editing came in, was way, 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 way back. The other thing that, that happened is I have a sibling who um, has a acquired brain injury mm. as a result of a failed suicide attempt. And this was about seven years ago. And she's mostly back to more of herself. Um, I hesitate in how I say that because some days are better than other days. She is working and she is carrying on in life and she's she's doing okay but with her acquired brain injury as a result language became super important you know i could say something to her and she wouldn't understand some of the words or the context and so as she recovered i had to become more clear with speaking with her or even texting and that plays a huge role in the words I used in hypnosis, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what does the client or what does the subconscious actually hear in that phrase or what could be assumed that I don't want them to assume in the way I've said that.
0: Yeah. And I'd imagine, you know, we, we all have that moment of the clients in front of us and it's clear that for the most part, they, they talk about what they don't want more so than they talk about what they do want uh, are there any nuances you have to that? Um, just your own style of kind of having that conversation, of shifting that dialogue? so so one, the goal is now defined, but also two, you know where to help guide them and not just basically, you know, something you said beautifully a little while ago, well, we don't have to put down the past. You know, something I say is that's already happened. That's the best part of it. And we can use that as every reason because we move forward or every reason because we still live back there. Is there, is there perhaps a story that comes to mind of working with a client that just simply shifting some of that language around the issue got a big chunk of that change in motion?
1: Mm. Give me an hour to think about that. <laughs> it's it's really about teaching the client to reframe. And yeah. Like nine times out of 10. So I do a 20 minute free consult. This is what we do in Canada. That that method works <laughs> instead of just sign up for a hypnosis session i i have tried it that doesn't seem to work for me and i've, I've tried it for a number of years but and, when I, I've and I tell point, people
0: not to do the sign up here because they don't yet know what they're being asked to buy and that's why it's better <laughs>
1: yeah and <laughs> right there with you. you know i've tried the video on on my website as well and and i've pl- take put it up for weeks and then taken it down and tested it back and forth and and it It's the Zoom conversation or the phone conversation, the 20 minute consult. But it's the reframing that I tend to do nine times out of ten with someone. And they're always talking about, well, I don't want this anymore. I don't want that anymore. And it's like, OK, but what do you want? And and just asking that, what do you want? Doesn't work. It's, no. it's about imagine, you know, it, it's that future pace. It's that look, look into the future a year from now or even a six months from now. Or like, wh- where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? What do you want to be feeling? And to chunk down, I think is the formal language. Um, and doing that in the 20 minute consult to really have them get a grasp of what it is they want. And and I use vision boarding sometimes before I even work with a client, before they come to first session, I'll ask them create a vision board of where do you where do you see yourself in six months or a year? It depends on the on the conversation, how far how far I go. Or I'll wait until after that. I mean, the vision boarding is a coaching technique, right? Right, Or I'll wait till the end of first session. And I'll say, so um, I'll ask them, what what was what was an aha for you during this? And they'll come up with something and I'll say, okay, do a vision board around that. And then we have our second session about anywhere from 10 to 14 days later and they bring their vision board. So that does remind me of a story of um, a client, a young, a young gal. We get into the first sex session, and doesn't she go into a fetal position, 21 years old, into a fetal position in the chair? And I'm shaking in my boots, but I'm projecting confidence because this is what we need to do. At the end of the first session, she had said whatever her aha, and I'm looking over here at my own vision board right now see if it will remind me what her aha was, but it doesn't matter. I said, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and do a vision board? Do you know what one of those is? and she, she was a creative type and she came back with this amazing vision board 10 days later for a second session. She didn't curl up in a fetal position, second session. So did it do something? I don't know. I think so.
0: I have to say, I've not heard of someone using that. You know, there are people who will do that as his own little standalone thing and to use it exactly as you said, as a coaching mechanism inside of the process. And it's where I go back to, I think it's in, this is a great title for a book, Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil. And there's a whole thing, and I think it's in that book about either writing your own eulogy or writing the letter to yourself many years later. And anything we can do to start to change that, that dialogue, which the vision boarding is one such example. And Really cool way of bringing someone into the process and also having something to to measure off of. And again, all of a sudden, we've got the content for the next session. Well, what about that's important to you?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Jason, what, what you just reminded me of was when I was taking the coaches training years before, and this was a pivotal moment. You know, we talk about what are the 10 defining moments in your life? Mm -hmm. And this was not a defining moment, but but a pivotal moment. It was a very active, interactive training. It was always three and four day weekends in Toronto. And one of the sessions was visualization, future self. And it was absolutely brilliant. And the assignment for that night, when we got back to our hotel rooms, was create a vision board of your future self experience. And I still have that vision board somewhere. So. You know we future pace in in a hypnosis session, so it, it they just work so beautifully together. And I ask my clients to post their vision board somewhere where it's visible, whether it's in your washroom or where you put your makeup on or on your fridge, the, the front of your fridge. Put not on your computer laptop. Like put it somewhere where you're going to see it.
0: I'm now laughing because. Um... Not quite exactly vision board, but an image that resonated with me. I've like made now the uh, background screen of my phone (laughs) (laughs) where someone made a drawing all about, here's the internal force that holds you back. Here's the internal force that moves you forward. Here's how that correlates to the external force in different directions. I'm like, oh yeah, just this little memory hook, just this little, well, let's use our lingo here. Just that anchor that reminds me, oh yeah, that's why this project is... Moving forward, right now, um, you reminded me of something before we started recording that I forgot about, which was that we met over a haiku.
1: <laughs> we did, and you I and I couldn't knew. find it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you posted in your Facebook group how how you mar- was it a marketing well, question? I'll,
0: I'll set the stage for it, which was that I am somebody who you know will not settle for where things are right now. I'm always looking at improving what I'm doing, which I can always draw a straight line. Here's the amount of money I've reinvested in terms of my own personal development and business knowledge. And the higher that number goes, and no, it's not just a coincidence. No, but the higher that goes, the higher everything else goes. And, you know, it's the willingness to learn from people doing bigger. And the setup for this is kind of worthwhile. What's the uh, friendly language? I bought this absolute piece of garbage training. Uh, (laughs) It was all about better social media interaction. And I I kid you not. It was just post on Facebook asking, what should I watch on Netflix? The people who leave comments below, send them your sales page link. I'm like, are you kidding me? And um, normally I can find something of value in someone else's program. I got a refund. And... (laughs) It it somehow spurred this thought of, let me go into this group that I already have and just say, hey, let us know what's working with your business right now. The more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. And uh, credit to actually in some way um, on the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast, Michael Kent had done something similar, but I took it in a slightly different direction. Let us know what's working with your business. We're all going to thrive as we're all out there serving more clients. Please note, answers not in the form of a haiku will be deleted.
1: Oh right. Yeah. And I
0: think you were one of the first ones who actually did the proper haiku structure. Five seven five, my people.
1: And you gave me a heart. And I was I was so impressed with myself because in grade four I had an English teacher who failed me on something because they said I'd plagiarized. And I didn't. I just followed the process you taught. So I got it right. And here you gave me a heart and it released all that that oh. crap from my history. And then and then you said You should write a book with Richard.
0: You had commented something about writing, and I then responded with another haiku, because that's proper form, my people, uh, about Richard's write-a-book class. Yeah. And that's where that connection formed, which you've now done a lot of editing for people in that community, right?
1: oh i love it so i used to just edit here in canada and more locally than anything and then i got into richard's class in july 2020 i've been in every one of his classes since he it's his 12-week book class the next one starts april 3rd i think and um it took my editing work globally Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so my strength is nonfiction and working with obviously hypnotists and hypnotherapists who are writing books but also therapists and counselors. And that's another background I have. When our word processing center was in a building with filled with therapists and I did a lot of work for them. So there's language again, right? When we talk about how do you choose the language and, and how is that important? Yeah, so I just, my editing went global.
0: Yeah, what what's cool about that is yes, of course, haikus are always the thing that bring people together. We've established that. It, it's also <laughs> that you know, as there's so many opportunities that are out there, you know, even in terms of client interactions, you know, the other day we had a class and someone just simply mentioned something at like a neighborhood HOA meeting. And she's like, is this a thing? I got like 10 clients. (laughs) And it's about finding where people already gather. And I can see, I can see you on camera right now. We just released the uh, audio of this uh, program. Uh, Tell us about the, the books or I believe books That you've written now
1: oh the books that i've written now so my first book was published in 2015 long before richard's class and it was surviving and thriving past wrongful dismissal and Mm. it was it it has my story flowing through it from a corporate gig 12 10 years earlier so that was 2015 so then we jumped to 2020. And I started with a, a book in mind about anxiety, getting getting past and releasing anxiety in the workplace. And it was going to be very hypnosis focused. Anyways, I got to, so I started in July, I got to October, it's 85% done. I have a huge binder, it's down there on the shelf. And I'm thinking, I'm not ready to publish this. Like, this isn't my book. And I, I did some self-hypnosis and some deep breathing and some, some praying. And the next day, I, I, I was looking for answers, you know, how some of us look in the universe for answers. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a bold spirit, I could figure this out. And bold spirit wouldn't leave me alone, the phrase. So a day or two later, the book concept came bold spirit caring for the dying. Hmm. So I am also trained as an end of life doula. And for three years, I have been focused on promoting hypnosis in the end of life area, focused on promoting it. Anyway, so I I pulled the book together, and it has 10 other co-authors in the book. And um, so we started that in November. It was published in May of 2021. So that was the first book with Richard. And then I I published a couple other books, more editing related. And I created a card deck called Get My Book Done Now, Writing Prompts and Activities. I'm still having a hard time getting an account, Amazon seller account up, but because I was having a problem with that and nothing's gonna stand in my way, I wrote a book, Get My Book Done Now, and it promotes the card deck at the back. But in November of this past year, I I reached out to see if any other end of life doulas and practitioners in the end of life world, not just not hypnotists, like I'm I think I'm the only one. There's only like three of us in Canada.
0: I know two in the U.S. that after this recording, I'd love to connect you all because uh, that's
1: fantastic.
0: Such a very specific thing that it is. Uh, just like hypnotist, there needs to be more of that.
1: And I took the training from Roger Moore and Kelly Woods.
0: Oh nice. And
1: it was absolutely fabulous. Well, that's a whole other podcast story because that <laughs> p- p- picking niches. Okay, everyone, that's a whole everyone other catch
0: the future pacing that Tamalinda just did there of inviting herself back onto the program. <laughs> The artful nature of exactly just that, that's how that's how you do it. That's how you do it.
1: So so thank you. I would I would be happy to be on another podcast with you, Jason.
0: Well, that's thank a great idea. That. Now isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, you know, I was really excited to have you on here. And admittedly, we've gone for a couple of months purposefully doing just a number of solo episodes. And as it was time to go back into the cycle, um, I always crack the joke at this that uh I listened to a podcast only like three months ago, and someone's like, hey, we're back from our break. Here we go with season number three. And I was the one going, that's an option. We've just kind of done every Thursday forever. Uh, (laughs) So we took a seasonal break from the interviews, really conversations to do more solo episodes. And you were at the top of my list of people I wanted to have on here. Uh, So thanks for coming on and sharing not only your personal story, but also the sort of I want to say gentle care around the specificity of language and and how even your specific reframe that it's not that i'm recovering from this it's that i'm now free of this yeah. and, and there's so many versions of that that are already inside of our clients and just to simply open up those ears and listen is what really gives them their specific let's say uh you know unique mechanism of change that makes it organic to them and what better way to uh, do that than with hypnosis uh other than the books which we're going to link to in the show notes which stand by as i uh say rather important things while i'm actually clicking a bunch of things on my other screen because i usually know the number because this is very clearly episode number 368 after a while, wow yeah all my um, favorite numbers. nice so if you go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 368 will be sure to link to your books. Uh, where else can people find you online? How can they get in contact with you?
1: Well, thank you for the links to the books. And yes, people can find me in two places. Tamalindalux.com and stepstonehypnosis.com.
0: Oh, that's a great name. Thank you. Okay, story time. How'd you come up with that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> My aunt. And my uncle, so I was visiting and I said, I'm going to open hypnosis. This is what it is. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to do it. This is how I want to do it. Now I need a good name. And she's brilliant. And she's an author. She's a retired biochemist. And she works in the field of beer, of all things. So we were we were playing around and she said, how about, how about stepping stones? Like you're stepping stepping across the stream or something. And we decided stepping stones was too long. So we decided step stone hypnosis, because what do you have to do? You have to take one step first.
0: And clearly also by moving it into the more directed version of the verb and not the gerund phrase with the ING, you've now turned it into an embedded command and you're setting people up for even greater success. Ooh. Obviously. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's less letters, which is always good for a uh, business card in people's heads. Uh, before we wrap this up, th- thank you again for sharing what you've shared. We'll put everything in the show notes over there. Any final thoughts for the listeners out there?
1: Yes. So I know we talked a lot about language. And so let me say it this way. this This is important language that helps me in moving forward in my business and my life is release what doesn't work and embrace what does work. Know what you want and what you don't in life and business and do it.
0: Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for reaching out to our incredible guest, and of course, sharing this episode in, amongst all of your hypnotic circles. Once again, you can go to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 368 to get links to Tamalenda who actually we uh, started talking about something else that she goes, oh, we didn't talk about this. So uh, she's still here. I'll let her do the outro.
1: Oh, yeah. I I get so excited about your book, the Work Smart Business book. And it's been one of the absolute best investments. And if you could see me on video, you would see how everything's dog-eared and there's Post-it notes. It's Work Smart Business, and it's available on Amazon.
0: Oh, you're awesome.
1: (laughs) You're awesome.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening
1: to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.